Welcome. I'm Jack Constantine, an undergraduate student at The Ohio State University studying finance. In partnership with the Keenan Center for Entrepreneurship, this interview series will feature student ventures that competed and won Ohio State's first ever President's Buckeye Accelerator. Today's venture we will be speaking with is Empower Health. Representing Empower Health is Anjali Prabhakaran. So first, Anjali, I want you to give context on who you are. I want you to tell the people listening um, who Anjali is, kind of like what you do at Ohio State, like your major, um, and just like your story a little bit. Yeah, sure. So I think when it comes to um, Empower Health, or actually we've rebranded now and we're called Polaris Health, but when it comes to talking about how this venture started, I always start off with when I was two months old, when I was diagnosed with a liver condition called glycogen storage disease. It's a pretty rare condition, but in terms of management, I like to compare it to diabetes. I just had to be really careful watching what I eat, um, check my blood sugar really often. And in a lot of ways, taking care of myself is kind of like a part-time job. It's always how I saw it growing up. And that influenced a lot of my interest growing up. Um, So coming into college, I knew I wanted to study something related to human health. And my interest kind of bounced around a little bit, but eventually I settled on um, studying human nutrition. So kind of by like framing my interests around my experiences growing up, I knew that I wanted to structure my college experience so that after I graduated, I would be in a position where I could pursue a career to help others improve their health, whether that was going to medical school or going to grad school to get involved in like clinical research. That was always what made me the happiest. That was always what I found most fulfilling and meaningful. Um, so that's kind of how my college trajectory went. So you had this major interest due to something that you dealt with kind of throughout your childhood. And then where was kind of the the turn where you decided, like, I want to make this into something that is not just a educational passion, but also possibly a career passion? I think that shift honestly happened through learning about PBA. Um, one of my close friends, Richard Jang, he was involved in the Best of Student Startups competition. And afterward, he was planning to um, enter into PBA as well. And kind of watching through, watching his journey through BOSS, I really learned for the first time how entrepreneurship could be a pathway to solve problems. So I started, you know, tinkering with the idea of my venture, which was at its roots, a way for people with metabolic conditions, um, like my own condition, to find community, to connect with each other, and to help reach their disease management goals in a more efficient manner. And once I learned about what PBA offered, and ultimately what like a social impact venture was, and what you could accomplish with entrepreneurship, then it was it was almost like a no brainer for me to go down this path. Explain for the listeners, what is a social impact venture? So a social impact venture is a business. It can be for-profit or non-profit, but one that has a non-negotiable social impact intertwined into its business model. So the goal of the business isn't just to sell a product. 
it isn't just to turn profit or exist from year to year, but along with doing everything that a regular business may do, ingrained within its mission is some sort of positive impact on society, be it people um, or the environment um, or just changing a system to help the greater good. And so you mentioned kind of the origin of what made you want to start your venture in the first place, but can you mm-hmm. give um, a little overall summary, like a one minute pitch of what your venture is like now, like where did it from, of course, in the first early stages, everyone has an idea and that idea morphs into something that is yeah. actually solid and can be tested and then refined um, further down the road. But can you explain to people like what is your venture in more of a holistic, holistic point of view? Yeah, of course. So the goal of Polaris Health is to help type 2 diabetes patients on their health journey. And the entire principle behind the venture is that health isn't a destination, it isn't a checkbox, but it's something that is ever evolving, that's something that you're always pursuing. So what we are trying to do is build a mobile platform for type 2 diabetes patients to communicate with other patients, share disease management advice, talk about issues and struggles that only they can really understand what they're going through. And then also have a method for them to track all the different health metrics they have to keep track of and set goals and reach their disease management goals in an easier fashion. So of course your goal, um, I wouldn't say it's lofty, but it's a, it's a very big undertaking that you are um, putting on yourself and also your team and everyone knows that in order to have a successful business, your team is everything. So when it came yeah. to the people that support you, how did you figure out who was right for the job? Um, and how did those relationships begin in the first place? Yeah, so I think when it comes to building a team, in my head, there's kind of like two, two check boxes that need to be satisfied. One is that I want my team member to have expertise in a field that I don't have expertise in um, and really deep knowledge of whether it's business or UX design or software design that can contribute some sort of technical skill. But also, I want my team members to be people that I truly enjoy and love working with. And I think at the end of the day, that was really most important to me. Um, because skills can always be learned, new team members can always be added. But if I'm working with people that I don't click with, then I didn't really see this going anywhere. So um, the first two team members that I added to my team were Chase Fensore and Morgan Nemchuk. Um, Chase is our software development lead. Morgan is our user engagement lead. And both of them were friends I have had since um, high school. We grew up in Avon, same town in Cleveland together. And Chase, I went to first because he had a lot of software expertise, something that I have very limited understanding of. And he was also involved um, with Launchpad, which was this like three-day startup competition at OSU. So he had kind of the, the dual like software and business expertise that I was looking for. Morgan was a psych major, and I knew that was going to be really important for any type of consumer tech you're building. And then from there, um, things just kind of fell into place naturally. I um, reached out to a lot of the students that were part of my scholarship group, mentioning that I was looking for help on this new venture. And 
Um, now, Angelina Atier, who's a rising junior at OSU, um, she's a pre-med student. So she's really, really helpful with a lot of managing a lot of our clinical relationships with doctors. She joined the team. And then Richard Jang, who I just mentioned, um, he's now our UX lead. So what was it like? Um, because you said the first two members of your team you knew in high school. So those were people that were like friends first to you. So how was it like forming that relationship where you interacted as friends, but you also interacted as business partners and as team members? So did your the dynamic change at all? Like did the communication change? Like, what was that like at first? I think the tricky part at first or I guess like something that was like jarring for me was that we were I guess talking about some like talking about something in a very like serious way um you know usually I feel like when I'm hanging out with Chase and Morgan or just my friends in general um we definitely have like intense conversations sometimes but the attitude is usually very like joking and casual and it was really interesting to have these conversations where we're just like focusing on kind of like nitty gritty details and almost being very like empirical and scientific in our conversations, which was definitely an adjustment knowing that I was hanging out with my friends, but also we were working and not just hanging out. But I think the one major benefit that came out of working with people that I knew very closely which I wasn't anticipating because I think sometimes working with friends, it can go the complete opposite direction. But I think it's the best part about working with Chase and Morgan is that they are two people that aren't afraid to like both just challenge me and challenge each other and challenge everyone on our team. If there's like a disagreement that comes up or an idea we're not all sure about, um, none of us are really the people to kind of like sit quiet and not bring that up, which I find really, really valuable. It seems that a lot of the the people that I've spoken with, number one, challenging has been something that has been brought up multiple times when I've been speaking with the uh, different leaders of these ventures. But also I think that comes down to a certain level of trust because with those friends, over the years you've built up trusting them on whether it be challenging you on the right things or if it's just trusting that they will make the right decision whether it be for you, the company, or for themselves. So how has trust played a role um, in your dynamic with your whole entire team? I think the the biggest role that's played is just knowing that everyone has like the best interests of company at heart. And something we talk about a lot is being mission driven and not product driven and I think something that I really struggle with is if we have a certain idea about our vision or what you know Polaris help like what the tangible output is going to look like I get very attached to that and start kind of really like cementing that idea in the future and if we come across information from users or information from you know, our mentors or advisors that challenge that, sometimes it's like very difficult for me to um, like let go of an idea that I already have in my head. And I think when Chase and Morgan and Rich and Angelina 
um, you know, challenge the ideas we have and say, you know, I think we need to go in another direction. I think I've really had to work on trusting that it's changing for the better, that even if it seems like a failure right now, that my team members want this change because they truly believe it's going to make um, a better product and realize our vision in a greater way in the end. Awesome. And you mentioned when we started that you are going through a rebranding phase and that you've made some changes. So can you share with the audience some pivots that you've gone through, um, share the decision to do the name change? I'm very interested on um, that whole process. Yeah. So originally what we um, started with, we had two main focuses. Um, so when we were in Power Health, our focus was one, building a strong patient community mm -hmm. And two, building an app that um, was very analytics-based and almost very, very like empirical. It was really just something where patients would input data into and then they would get spit out information on how specific factors of their lifestyle was impacting their health. And what we realized were there are already a lot of great apps and software that can do that for patients. And we don't want to build something that one, we know that people will use because people are using those tools already, but we don't want to dilute the, the environment with tools because ultimately that wouldn't really be helping anyone. So with Polaris Health, when we rebranded, we really shifted the focus a lot more heavily on the community aspect because through speaking with patients time and time again, that's all what they said they were missing, that they want to talk to other patients. They want to connect with other people that are on a similar journey as them that are struggling with the same things that they're struggling with, but they can't find an outlet to really connect with those people. So our focus has really intent, like, really intensified on the community aspect um, and also shifted a little bit in terms of the goal setting aspect instead of being a really um, intense app with a lot of like analytics what we're focusing now even with the goal setting is really encouraging patients to make almost like simple lifestyle changes um, you know and simple not being something that makes like a minor difference but things like um, eating more vegetables or going on a 30-minute walk every day. Um, and then pairing these goals with a community of patients that are working to the same goals. So it feels like you're not alone in trying to improve your health. Gotcha. And being in more of like the health and medical industry, what are unique challenges that your venture specifically faces? I think the one of the the hardest parts is i guess making sure that everything that we're doing on this app aligns with you know like clinical best practices so we have to at every step we're not just double checking with ourselves and making sure that it aligns with our product vision that it aligns with you know our budget and what we can feasibly build 
but we're also making sure that we're going to the doctors that we're working with and the diabetes educators that we're working with and making sure that what we're adding to this app is something that aligns with what they practice in their clinic and how they help their patients. So when it comes to entrepreneurship, um, you mentioned that it wasn't always something that you were thinking about, but when it comes to being a student, like being a student entrepreneur is, is not an easy thing. Like you're, people always say like, oh, being a student's a full-time job. Like it's, it's all this work. And of course it is um, difficult to deal with by itself, mm-hmm. but how personally did you balance, like while you're going through the trenches of like trying to go through boost and doing all the work, like how is, how are you able to balance the school portion of things as well? Um, definitely it's something I struggled with in the beginning. Um, I think balance is in general is something that I struggle with, especially when I'm like really excited or really like passionate about an idea. But I think when it comes to balancing school with anything, I think one of the most helpful tools to master is like communication. Um, And during the same time that I was going through boost camp, I was also part of the customer learning lab with Rev1 and that had conflicts with some of my classes. So I know like the two options in front of me were trying to kind of balance like both of those things on Zoom at one time. I was stressing about that and then I realized, you know, I'm I'm just going to email my professor. I'm going to say, hey, I have this event on this day. Would it be okay if I missed this class, got notes from someone else? Um, and one of my professors is really understanding and the other professor said no. But if I hadn't asked, I wouldn't have known and that made balancing um, those two commitments a lot easier. And then also I think time management is something that I've always struggled with, but I think balancing being a student and an entrepreneur kind of forced me to get good at really fast. So knowing that, you know, if Monday through Friday, I'm going to be booked with school and classes aren't something I can reschedule, working on this venture is something that I can kind of like squeeze in between my different commitments. So instead of thinking to myself, okay, I have 15 minutes between these two classes. 15 minutes isn't enough to get anything done. I kind of take advantage of that as much as I can because that one 15 minutes, I may not get too much done, but throughout the week, if I have eight different 15 minute breaks, that's an an extra two hours that I can use to work on something that I'm passionate about. The, The interesting thing about the college schedule versus the entrepreneur schedule is that they're similar in a sense because in college, you do have your classes, but the rest of it is you need to be able to get your work done on your own, how much you study. In an entrepreneur, you make your own hours. You may have meetings that you have to go to, but a lot of that is like up to your discretion. So how do you personally plan to figure out, this is what I need to prioritize. This is what isn't kind of top of mind, but then also, oh, I have a test this week. Like what? what's that like for you? Like the, the actual, like you mentioned time management, what's your your personal strategy for that? I think one, like the first thing that I know I need to get done is if there's, you know, like, like a deadline, if there's a test coming up, if I have a pitch coming up, if I have an exam that I need to study for, 
that is always first priority because if I do bad on a test and if, if I bomb that, then that's something I can't go back and revise. The next thing that I prioritize is what am I excited for? Um, because as, you know, as much as I enjoy the classes that I'm taking, if there's an exam coming up, it's usually not something I'm like excited to sit down and study for. It's something that's kind of stressful, something I have to trudge through, something I'm doing because I know it has to get done. So I'm prioritizing that because I need to. But then if I also intersperse that with something that I'm genuinely excited to work on, like Polaris Health, then I know I'm working ahead on something and making my life easier four or five days a week, a month in the future when that actually is a deadline or something imminent that I need to get done. But also right now, I'm helping my work move along faster by throwing some variety in the mix. So as a, as a new entrepreneur yourself, based on your experience thus far, are there, th- there are certain things that you enjoy about being an entrepreneur that you may have not assumed you would or things that you kind of dislike or that are annoying to you as an entrepreneur? I think, I think I'm going to cheat on this answer and say the same thing for both because I think my favorite thing about, you know, being an entrepreneur, being my own boss is being able to set my own hours and being able to say, Hey, you know, like today I have like a family commitment. I just want to spend time with like my parents. I'm just not going to work this entire day. And just the day before, just like put in as much time as possible, which isn't always possible with a nine to five job. So sometimes you end up missing commitments. Um, Don't get to like enjoy special occasions that just might pop up on random days. But the flip side to that is because I'm setting my own hours, the only person that's holding me accountable is myself. And sometimes that is really hard to do. What I try to remember is that And this is something I try to like keep in mind for a lot of different things, not just work, but also in like taking care of my health and, you know, keeping up with promises that I made to other people is that motivation ebbs and flows. And if you rely on that to get something done, then you're not always going to get it done because motivation is never always there. But building consistent habits and discipline, if you get that down, then that is something that you can always rely on. So on the days that I'm really excited to work on Polaris, you know, setting those hours is great and I really love the freedom. And then on the days when I don't really have the motivation, setting my, being able to set my own hours is my biggest weakness because it's that much harder to make myself sit down at my desk and get the work done. But, you know, it's, it's part of the package. Of course, and I'm sure dealing with that, balance as well is extremely difficult when you're preparing for a pitch you're preparing for an actual competition and there is somewhat of a there is a deadline baked in the fact that you're working on your business so um, i want to pivot a little bit to boost camp um and talk about like first off how did you hear about boost camp and why did you really decide to join like what tipped you over the edge um so what, how I found out about Boost Camp was um, Rich was getting involved in it and 
one of my friends, um, Owen, he was involved, Owen Myers, he was involved in um, social enterprise accelerator called Sea Change the past summer. And one of his contacts with Sea Change was also involved with Boost Camp. And after all the applications were submitted, reached out to Owen and asked, hey, we're still looking for more students if they're interested in joining. Do you know anyone who would be interested? So I was actually a late addition to Boost Camp. And one day we were talking about it and Owen said, hey, I know you've been kind of tinkering with this idea. You've been like talking about this venture concept you've had a lot. Why don't you just try applying for Boost Camp? And originally I was iffy because it was very much still in the ideation phase. And like I said, entrepreneurship is something that I had never really dipped even like my toe in the water before. So I was really nervous and apprehensive because I didn't want to, you know, join this program and just be like overwhelmed. I think honestly, what tipped the scales for me was knowing the the prize at the end because that I think really sh like signified to me that OSU was committed in helping us succeed because it wasn't just about the significant amount of money but it's like what that money was tied to and the fact that OSU was offering this as a price for founders meant that they were going to provide us with guidance into the future, going to provide us with mentorship, going to provide us with the tools to figure out how to use this prize. And I think knowing that, one, that if I went through with this, I was getting the tools that I could actually use to make this into a reality. And also knowing that I would be like learning so much in the process that even though I was going into this without knowing much, that there were these resources in place where I could learn and adapt and grow. So I think those are the two major things. So Boost Camp was a seven week, hour and a half, one night a week, but there was homework, there was resources, there was all this different stuff. You had a meeting with an XIR. It was like a, a very in-depth thing um, because you were, um, in your words, new to the the entrepreneurship game, what were some things that you personally learned from Boost Camp that you didn't expect, like to either matter that much, or that you um just impacted you and the journey of your venture? I think I, in my head, I always thought of entrepreneurship as very much like focused on like the product or the output. Um. Like, what are we going to make? What are we going to sell? In other words, I thought entrepreneurship was very much focused on the solution that you were going to provide. And I think the biggest takeaway I had from Boost Camp and something that heavily influences how I work on Polaris now is the fact that entrepreneurship is more, is actually like problem focused. That you have to make sure that there's an actual issue that you're trying to solve. And every time that you think you have a solution, you have to come back and make sure that like a lock and key, it like fits that problem. And you're actually helping an issue, helping solve an issue. You're actually helping a certain group of people. And I think shifting my mentality to always focusing on 
what problem am I trying to solve and not thinking what am I trying to produce? What am I trying to create has helped make the process of building a venture a lot more, I think, logical and a lot more fluent, if that makes sense. Of course. And when it came to, when it came to the community aspect, um, I personally thought it was very interesting to have, you know, 34 ventures represented, but each venture had a team of probably two to five, at least, um, working with them all in one room, working on kind of similar things. What was it like having that community aspect be a part of what you're working on all of a sudden? I think that was honestly one of like the biggest assets of this camp. One memory that really sticks out in my mind is when we had kind of like an ask and offer session, I think it was called, but we split up into two different groups. And um, I remember I was paired with, with Greg for our group and he said, okay, now everyone is going to go around and they're going to state one ask something that they don't have uh, a roadblock that they're struggling with. And it could be like a connection that they're looking for. Um, maybe like a certain like tool um, or like access to a certain resource. And then if anyone in the group knew how to help that person out, they would say so. And I just remember it was really, really awesome to see how for pretty much everyone in their group, whatever ask they had, someone had a way for them to get that problem solved. And even if they didn't have the right answer, then there was this group discussion trying to figure out how can we help this person? And I thought that's just a really true testament to how as much as I think in the media, like entrepreneurs are and founders are painted as kind of like people that embark on this journey, like on their own and celebrated as individuals. I think that exercise really showed me how important it is to have a community of people around you and to help that community and also rely on that community for support. Because by doing that, you can solve your problems a lot faster than you would be able to on your own. So you got through, you know, the first round of pitches. It wasn't as stressful. You were in front of a panel of judges, but there was no crowd. And then you, all of a sudden you're April, I think it was April 6th or 7th comes around and you're in front of a group of about 200 people. Every single Ohio State dean was in attendance or someone representing the dean was in attendance. It was a very big deal. For you personally, what was it like preparing for that pitch? The nerves involved, like getting ready for that day alone. What was that like? Definitely very nerve wracking. Um, I had, you know, public spoken, you know, several occasions in high school, um, fewer in college, but never in front of a crowd that big. Um, so like one of the, the, one of the main things that I kept in mind when preparing was to speak slowly because when I get nervous, that is the first thing I do. I just start spitting out my words as fast as I can. The other thing is actually a trick that I learned from one of my mock trial coaches in high school that I find really helps me. But 
she always told us to practice our speeches in different accents because she said if you practice it in a bunch of different accents and if you're trying to memorize something by adding something harder by adding another challenge then when you go back to the easy way of reciting something it's going to feel like a cakewalk and the last thing i did was actually during my actual pitch is i made sure where i knew um that i knew where my friends were standing um my family couldn't make it but a lot of my friends came out to watch so whenever i got nervous i made sure i was making eye contact with my people specifically my friend Jill she was there she was smiling and she was nodding and whenever i got nervous making eye contact with her and knowing that i was being heard and the words that were coming out of my mouth made sense um was a huge confidence booster and so after you get done pitching you know you get the stressful part done but the stress isn't over <laughs> the suspense is there you're waiting for a decision and then of course you hear at the time in power health is called as a winner. What was it like hearing your name called celebrating with your team? Like what went through your head? I remember coming out of it. I think just not like almost like not even like thinking, just like processing everything like very slowly. I feel like after the pitch had happened, I was just like completely like drained so I remember when they like when they called like Empower Health it took me a second to like register like wait Empower Health that's that's like me that's me and my team um and then I think like even like going through like the pictures and everything it was still like I was like processing it I think when it really hit me and when I got really really excited is when I like came back and like I like all my like friends were hugging me and they're all like saying you know like congrats and I remember that's when I felt honestly like really proud both of myself and my team who helped me get there and then also like all my friends who were like supporting me like the entire way. Awesome and so now the big question is what do you do like there, there's a come down after a moment like that you don't feel the adrenaline pumping through your veins anymore and you kind of you settle into um kind of your normal daily routine after that and you're like what's next and so mm -hmm. what was that conversation like with your team and what did you decide was next i think one of the biggest conversations we had slash you're still having is we're all going to be in different places after this summer um Angelina is going to be at OSU, Morgan is teaching in Columbus, Chase is in Atlanta pursuing a PhD, I'm going to be working in Cleveland, Rich is going to be working in uh, Columbus, or, you know, he has a virtual job, so he'll travel, and I think the biggest obstacle that we're still trying to figure out is how do we remain as cohesive as a team as possible, even while managing these other commitments and being in different locations. I think the other challenge was understanding that there is a huge, huge value between idea and tangible product because even during the pitch, 
our, you know, idea had been, you know, validated. We had talked to patients, we had talked to doctors, we had done our research, but there's so many pieces, parts that go into taking that idea, turning it into a prototype, taking that prototype, turning it into something usable that I think it also like made me aware of like how much we have to like consult people even like outside of our team. Um, so I think trying to figure out like how do we remain like one unit and also how do we find the help that we need to turn this idea into reality, something we're still working on. And then what's what's the more long-term vision? Of course, you don't know what's going to happen in a couple of years, let alone sometimes day to day, but where do you hope um, Polaris goes in the future? Um, I think the, I think it's the framework of using community connections as a way to improve health and improve well-being. Um, you know, just like entrepreneurship, right? That that may be an individual journey, but that is something that'll be aided and helped by having a community of people around you. And in a similar way, you know, improving your health, ultimately, that is, you know, a personal journey, like your doctors are going to be there to help you. And at the end of the day, you're going to have to make those decisions to make your life better and to take care of yourself. But also having people in your corner that understand what you're going through and are there to support you and cheer on those small wins, that means a lot. And I think that that is something that can be applied to not just diabetes, not just metabolic conditions, but to a whole host of chronic illnesses. And even just, I think, you know, regular people. I mean, I say regular, who's regular, right? But just everyone trying to, you know, be happier and healthier in their daily lives. Well, Anjali, I really appreciate you coming and talking to me today about your personal experiences, about Boost Camp, about your venture. Um, and I wish you best of luck on that mission. And I just appreciate you kind of sharing your story. Thank you so much. I had a great time being on. Awesome. Well, Everyone look forward to speaking with the next venture. Have a great day.